0: You see Sharon, thank her for, uh, for sharing her testimony. And, you know, honestly, hers is one that I've heard so many times. So many people who decided to put their faith in the Lord to trust in God with their finances and to, to tithe and to be faithful, and God provides. And even when it seems like it's impossible, like, uh, that, that God comes through. And so we do something here that uh, that I call, uh, well, actually, I just came up with a name during first service, on the fly, but from now on, I'm going to call it this, is the uh, is the giving challenge. And we've done this for uh, for years now, but if you've never tithed before, we want to challenge you to uh, to. To make a choice to tithe, to give 10% of, of your increase in your life uh, to, to the Lord through, through tithing, giving it to the church. And uh, I'm not doing that because we need money. Uh, we're not in that situation. I'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm, I'm talking about it and I'm, I'm challenging you with it because God has, uh, has promises that are unlo- unlocked for our lives when we are obedient to him. And this is one of the areas where he asks us to be obedient. So if you do the, the, the giving challenge, uh, it's, it's a three-month period. If for three months you would give 10%, and when you, when you give, if you're giving in the room here, fill out your name on the little envelope and put on the bottom in the memo or somewhere on there, giving challenge, or if you're giving online, you can put it in the memo online. Um, and we will keep track of, of how much you give for those three months. And if after three months you don't feel like the Lord has blessed you, we'll just give you the money back. Um, we, we don't need it. God, God doesn't need it. God's just looking for our obedience, okay? And so we'll give it back to you after three months if you don't feel like God has come through. I'll just tell you, uh, I don't want you to break the mold, but we have never, ever had somebody come and say God wasn't faithful. And so this is just another story of how God is faithful and his promises are true. And so, uh, so anyway, give it up one more time for Sharon, for sharing her story. You know it, it's so good to be back. My uh, I was gone for two weeks. My wife was gone for a week. We were we were uh, all over the place. But uh, I want to be clear. No, I was not hunting. All right. I know last week Bobby said that I that, that I was in Texas. I tried to hunt. I might have even begged a little bit. But the, they were like, nope, you're not going on here down here. But uh, but man, we had a an incredible time of of growth and we got to uh, when we were together we got to go to two different churches and kind of see uh, how they, they do church and then uh, then when I was in Texas I got to go to another one and spend time with some really great leaders who poured into my life and and so it was it was really a great time but I got to say thank you to a couple individuals who held down the fort here and spoke in my, when I was gone so give it up for Pastor Keith and Bobby It was awesome what well, was so cool uh, what was so cool is that as I was listening to their live streams, I, I was I was listening to the messages and going, man, it's so cool how God lined up what they were going to talk about with what I had been talking about all along. It was like it was like Keith and then Bobby's message they like were a culmination of all of the the messages that we've taught uh, from the beginning of the year. So it was great. Um, I was. Slightly surprised that Keith wore a hoodie sweatshirt while well, he was speaking up here. Uh, I, he said that the first service was kind of quiet, and I was like, can you blame them? They're all old, and you're wearing a hoodie on stage and high tops, right? Uh, and so anyway, he's wearing pink shoes today, so you should go give him a hug and r- make a comment. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel about it. So, uh, no, they were, they were awesome. I was I was just so proud of 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 Pastor Keith and the awesome word that God gave him and and so thankful for Bobby to come in here and share. So uh so anyway, we have a few weeks here before we get to spring break and we get to Easter and summer, right? <laughs> like yeah, I almost wore a t-shirt today cuz they said it was going to be warm and then I didn't. But uh for the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about something specific. Uh, since the beginning of this year, we've really uh, focused on two different parts of our mission statement here at Rest Life. It, our mission statement is the one that has the three reaches in it. Remember, it's reach what? Reach up, reach, and reach. Okay, so a lot of people don't realize this, but our logo, the diamond that we have, is, is a symbol of our mission statement here. So, uh, as we have started this year and went into the year, we really focused on the first two, the reach up and reach in part. And so, let me just explain those to you real quick. The the reach up part is all about making God the source of your life. Everybody say source. So, at the the beginning of the year, we did a, a time of 21 days of prayer and fasting where you unhooked or unplugged from other sources of life in your life so that you could put your focus on God, so you could let him uh, lead, so you could let him speak into your life. And so really, what we were encouraging for the first 21 days was that you would make him the source of your life. And there's a lot of sources you could tap into into the world today, but really God is the only one that's going to get you to the destiny that he has for you. The second part really is, is interesting, is the reach in part, the downward part of the diamond. And that's really all about discipleship. You remember Jesus, he had these 12 guys, they were called what? Disciples. Where do you think we get the word discipleship, right? It, they were disciples. They their lives were transformed because of their connection with Jesus. You know, they had other lives, they had other jobs, they had things going on in their life and when Jesus said come and follow me, it was transformative in their lives. And our hope, my hope here at Res is that you would make God the source of your life and that you would have transformation from on, on the inside, that God would, would just transform your life. And uh, so at the beginning of the year, we talked about that series, Moving Past Your Past, how many people needed to move past their past, and you know some of us still working on that. And, and really, that is inward transformation that's happening by surrendering to Jesus. And then we talked about grace and how God's grace applies to our life and how we give grace to people. And, uh, and so anyway, the last part of this is what I want to talk about for the next few weeks, which is reach out. Everybody say, reach out. This is where we take what we've learned and and what God has given us to make a difference for the world. So what I'd like to do is I'd like uh, like to take a minute just to pray before I get into the word. Father, thank you so much for each and every person in this room. God, thank you that you have a great plan. You have a destiny for their life. And God, I pray that as we get into your word, that today it is you that speaks. It's your word that speaks to us. God, I pray that today for some of us that we're challenged to change. Lord, we know that changing for you is a good thing. And so, God, even though change is hard, I pray that the Holy Spirit helps to encourage us and motivate us as we move through the change that you have for our lives. God, give us ears that hear. Give us hearts that understand. And give us minds that desire to live like you and to live for you. And, again, let, let the words that I share be the words you need me to share today. In Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. amen. So, um, so I was on this retreat in Texas uh, it's really, it's hard to call it a retreat because it, it, it was different than anything I've ever experienced before, and uh, it's all right. I've got five little ones, and they're tough, so if you, if we do have it out here on the live stream for you if you need it. Um, but anyway, uh, this retreat was amazing, and I would like to just say this. I would recommend that every man in this place go, and do the re- go, go on this retreat that, that I was just on. I saw more transformation in the lives of some of these men that i was with than i have ever seen in my life before in the matter of 3 days i watched men's lives be completely transformed it was amazing it's called the return I'd love to encourage you uh, to, to be part of it. We, we will have options. You'll hear more about it, and there are ladies ones as well. And so I'd love to encourage you uh, to, to do something like this. But on so on the, this event, there were people there. It wasn't all pastors, but there were there were some people there who were you know, like your typical retreat kind of guys. You're like, yeah, I totally see why that guy's here. He's a retreat kind of guy. And then there were some people who were not retreat people. Okay, and I'm and these are the kind of people like I'm sitting down looking across at this guy. I'm like. I'm not sure this guy's going to make it through the next couple days. And so one of these individuals, uh, I ended up after the, after the first day at the, in the evening at dinner time, I ended up sitting near him and I was talking to him. And this guy was like, this is, this is not for me. I want to go home. I want somebody to take me back to Dallas. Because <laughs> and, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he was so upset because all the leadership had been talking about how good God was. And he's like, you know what? God is not good. In my life, he has not been good. He said something to me, and, and, uh, and it really has stuck with me, his statement. Uh, by the way, Guy's life was completely transformed, I, like a completely different person two days later. So totally amazing. But uh, he said this to me. He said, God just must get a lot of joy out of watching me struggle. You know, he says to me, he goes, you know, you've heard that whole saying that God's the, the mean kid in the sky with the magnifying glass burning ants. He said, my whole life I've been the ant. And these guys talking about how good God is, we just saying, you know, the goodness of God, right? And it, it it's just struck me that there, I, I've known this, but it just hit me hard that day. There are so many people in this world, there are so many people in this room, you feel like the ant. You feel like God, must just enjoy watching you struggle. You feel like a fish in a fishbowl in God's house where you see him every now and then. You know he's there, but he doesn't care. How many of you have had a fish tank before? Right? Raise your hands. Be proud of it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a fish guy. It's the most useless pet there is in the world. and. <laughs> I mean, I don't, you can't play with the fish, and if you do, no more fish. But uh, anyway, so a couple of years ago, uh, my, we had a family wedding, and uh, my family members who were getting married, they had this terrible idea that they would use fish as the centerpiece of every table at the reception. Let me just clue you in, people. If you're thinking about getting married, and you're thinking, you know what would be cool is fish on the table, what are you going to do with the fish after the wedding, Right? What do you do with it? Oh, all our guests will want to take them home. No, they won't, right? And so, of course, my kids see them, and they're like, fish! And I'm like, no, right? And my wife's like, oh, fish. And I'm like, no. And, and I'm like, i got to figure out a way to stop from having to take a whole bunch of fish home. And so I'm, I'm sitting there, and the kids are going crazy, and now they're pouring the fish into one bowl together. So, like, all the fish are coming to my table, and I'm not... I'm not okay with this. And I'm like, have you ever said that saying, what part of no don't you understand, right? And, and so I'm like, oh, man, how are we going like, to avoid having these fish? And, um, and then I, it dawned on me, we don't have a fish tank. It's like, can't take the fish. We don't have a fish tank. At that exact moment, my mother-in-law was like, we've got one you can have. <laughs> what? Like, just, no. Just throw them in the backwoods. The raccoons will eat them. It'll be fine. It'll be totally fine, you know? It's the circle of life. It's the Vanya. It's it's the Vanya. Or whatever. Like, I... (laughs) make some happy raccoons. But uh, we took the fish home. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, walked through the kitchen looking at that fish tank. I'm going to be honest with you, I just watched those fish and I just, just die. I just just waiting for them to die, right? And <laughs> I'm not a bad person, I just don't like fish, okay? <laughs> like, I think there are a lot of people who feel like that's their relationship with God. That they're the fish in the fish tank, they're in God's house, they're in his presence, they're in the dwelling place, if you will. They maybe see God do some things. They see him walk through. They hear his voice every now and then. But they feel like really he sees them and doesn't care what happens to them. That if they were to die or something terrible was happening, it would just be no big deal. Now, I've got a truth that I need to share with you today about you, about your life. And that is that you are a big deal to God. You matter you are a big deal to God. And you don't have to take my word for it. I mean, I, I can get up here and tell you all kinds of things, that reasons why I think you're a big deal. But guys, God, God thought you were such a big deal that he sent his own son to pay the price for your life. And and you're like, yeah, I know that. I've heard about it. Like, how have we as, as a people gotten over the fact that Jesus died on the cross for our lives? We should never get over that fact. We should always be in awe that God loved us that much that we were that big of a deal. Everybody turn to your neighbor and kind of go like this and go, I'm a big deal, like this, with the hands, with the hands. That was terrible. Do it again and go, I'm a big deal. Yeah. Bill, why won't you say that? Turn to him and go, I'm a big deal. All right. I know you are a big deal. But, God, but, but there's even more than that. Jesus, you know, as if that wasn't enough, Jesus dying on the cross, God has not only given you uh, salvation and forgiveness and all of that stuff, God has also put callings on people's lives to help lead you to the destiny that you have. God put a calling on my life to be a pastor and to be here and to care about you. And to every week, you know, be, be in the word and, and ask the Lord, what, what do you need your people to hear this week? Did you know that even when you're, you're unaware, there are people God is putting around you, and he's speaking to their heart about your life, and they're putting words into your life that are trying to help you to find the destiny that God has for you. He cares. You matter. But a lot of people struggle with, so then what do I do? What do I do with my life? So that's what I want to talk about. Over the, over the next couple weeks, is like what are some actionable things that I can do with my life that can make a difference? And So the first thing is this, is, is you need to understand that one of the callings on your life, one of the major things God has called you to be, the reason you're part of his family, is God created you to advance his kingdom. Everybody say advance. Okay. God, God has called you to use your life to advance his kingdom, to expand the boundaries of his family, to to help other people to know about Jesus. This is really interesting. I'm going to use a scripture here. And uh, when Allison said she had a scripture to share uh, for the at the end of worship, there she goes. Yeah, I'm going to share First uh, Peter two nine and ten. And I, and I had already written my message. I was like, that's the scripture I'm going to use in my message. Right? It's amazing how the Holy Spirit speaks to people, and 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 He's saying the same thing to me as He is to you. And, and so what's really powerful is that, that we use this same scripture that God laid it on our heart. 1 Peter 2.9, it says this. It says, you are a what? A chosen people. Everybody say, I was chosen. Yes. You are a chosen pe- people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's what? Special possession. You matter to God. You are a big deal to God. So why are you these things? You are chosen. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. You are special. You're a special possession of God. That you, which means something you need to do, you need to do what? Declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Okay, so you have been chosen to declare that God is good. Everybody say, he is good. You have been chosen to declare that. And it doesn't say that you're supposed to declare that to God. You're supposed to declare that of God, which means... It's not all about going, God, you are so good. It's about going to people. It's about going out and letting other people know, declaring to the world that God is good. You were made to advance God's kingdom. It is a purpose that God has put in you that will, in part of what, of what your calling is, it will fulfill you. Because you were made to do this. So we need to look at how we declare to the world that God is good. So I want to look at these, some aspects of how we declare that God is good. And, and I'm going to start with one today that you might not have thought of if you were just brainstorming this. And, and the first thing that I want to look at is uh, a, a way that we declare or advance God's kingdom or declare that he is get, good is, is how we take care of God's house. Everybody say God's house. See, God has called all of us to supply for his house. And you don't need to take my word for it. The Bible is full of scripture that talks about how we, as part of God's family, are supposed to supply resources, finances, time, energy, all those things, for his house. Guys, what is this facility? It's God's house. Guys, what is your body? It's God's house, the temple, right? So so this goes for a facility and this would go for yourself that we need to we need to provide for God's house. Now I want to read a, a scripture to you. It's all the way back in Exodus, okay? So this is talking about the Israelites. Moses has already led them out of Egypt. They've already been to the mountain where he got the 10 commandments and all that stuff happened. And now they're in a place where they're going to kind of settle down. And it's time the Lord has instructed them to build a place of worship, to build a church basically. And, of course, then, because they were traveling, it was made of tents and all these different things. But this is the instruction that happened, and this is how the people supplied for the house. I was just going to read two verses, and as I read it, I was just overwhelmed by how people poured into supplying for the house. I'm going to read it to you. It's Exodus 35. We'll start in verse 20 here. It says this. It says, Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence after he had instructed them that they're going to build the uh, place of worship. Verse 21, it says, And everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, the church, uh, for all its service and for all the sacred garments. All who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds. They brought brooches, earrings, rings, and ornaments. They all presented their gold as a wave offering. Hey! (laughs) That's not what that meant. But uh, they, they presented it as an offering to the Lord. Everyone who had blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen, or goat hair, ram skins dyed red, or the other durable leather, they brought them. Those presented... Uh, Those presenting an offering of silver or bronze brought it as an offering to the Lord, and everyone who had acacia wood for any part of the work uh, brought it. Every skilled woman spun with her hands and brought what she had spun, blue, purple, or scarlet yarn, or fine linen. And all the women who were willing and had the skills spun the goat hair. The leaders brought onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod and the breast piece. They also brought pieces, or brought spices and olive oil. Sorry, I'm getting out of breath here. Uh, for the light and for anointing oil and for fragrant incense. All, everybody say All. All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought it to the Lord, Lord free will offerings for all the work the Lord through Moses had commanded them to do. So literally, I mean, that's a lot of stuff, right? I mean, these people put a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of value into the place where they were going to worship the Lord. Literally, people gave out of their time. They gave of their money to make sure that the temple or the church at that time was built and furnished to really show people how great God was. Why is it important that we represent ourselves in an excellent manner? It's because we want to show people how great, not we are, but how great God is, right? We, We want people to be be attracted to the Lord. We want, you know, we want people to see a facility and come into a place where they feel comfortable, where they feel welcome and all that stuff. Why? Because they're not here to meet you or me. They're here to meet Jesus. They're here to meet the Father. They're here to become part of a, of a whole different family and have a whole different purpose. So we got to draw people in. Did you know there's been, <laughs> there's been some studies done and uh, experiments or whatever done that uh, it talks about how um, at a restaurant... What the bathroom looks like is what the kitchen looks like as far as cleanliness. You're all thinking of the restaurants you were going to go to for lunch today, right? Like, it's, studies have proven that the cleanliness of the bathroom is, is a mirror image of the cleanliness of the kitchen. You've been to some bathrooms. They're iffy, right? <laughs> and and you've been you've been there and gone, wait a second, and this is really gross. Well, well that's you know, that's a representation. It makes you feel differently about the place that you're at. It you receive the food differently at the restaurant if you if the setting is dirty or is gross. And so um guys, I know this isn't a popular thing to talk about. I know that that giving is not I mean, but you know me, I like to talk about unpopular things all the time, right? <laughs> but uh I know it's not it's po- it's not popular, but but let's be honest. Like God, God wants us to present Him in a way that draws people to Him. We can advance the kingdom just by the way we present ourselves. All right, to a point. The movie Field of Dreams. Anybody seen Field of Dreams before? Okay, like seven people. Great. Never mind. I'm, we're not, we're moving on from that. No, they they're told if you build it, they will come, and they build this baseball diamond, and you know all these famous baseball players from like. I don't know, ghosts or something come back. It's Never mind, it has nothing to do with church. The, the, point, of, <laughs> the point of the matter is, is this. People don't want to think about giving to a facility or giving to have a facility look good or do this or that because they don't think of that as ministry. I don't know about you, but since we finished our new facility and opened it up, hundreds of more people have started coming to this church and it's growing like crazy. The message really hasn't changed The music hasn't changed. The original people haven't really changed. What changed? The building changed. People saw it. It sparked their interest. They saw something that was excellent. They said, I want to come check that out. And when they came here, they didn't just meet people. They met Jesus. That's what these testimony videos are about. They're not about me. They're not about worship. They're not about anything like that. They're about what God is doing in people's lives. Because at one point or another, there was a connection point for them to meet him and in a, in a lot of their cases we got to be part of what what that how that happened you know i was debating on telling this story but i'm going to tell it cuz it's funny and i don't have a service after this and they turned the back clock off so i don't even know what time it is so here we go uh, <laughs> there was a just more on on the same same line. There was a family in the church who posted uh, on the fa- on Facebook. The wife did yesterday, and said that her and her husband had went to their first couples massage together. Now uh, I don't know if you've been at a couples massage, but dudes, it's weird. Okay, like I've been, it's awkward. It's real awkward. And uh, so anyway, <laughs> you go, you go. So they're telling their experience, and they're like, you know, this is going to be different. And her husband had never had a massage, as did I on my first time, which is also why it was very weird. And, uh, and so anyway, they go to this place, and she said the best word she could have for the establishment that they went to was sketchy. <laughs> and, and so she explains the whole experience of, of, of how, how awkward it was being in this place, and it was sketchy and all this stuff. Guys, facilities matter. Like, the appearance of things matters. And and it's not all about appearance, but it matters. And we need to do things excellently. And uh, to be honest with you, here at this church, we have done an awesome job of representing God. You guys, and I'm not saying me, I'm saying our church and, and everything has done an awesome job of representing God. Guys, you should give Kathy, the cleaning lady, like a giant high five. She is amazing. She's amazing. She works so hard to make sure that this place looks excellent and that when people come in, it's clean and they feel comfortable. It's, it's amazing. But you know, it breaks my heart when I go visit another church and the, the, the facilities don't really represent God in an excellent way. And it's not a slam on, on another pastor or anything like that. More often than not, it's often resources that hold back God's plan or hold back the expansion of God's plan, its resources. So many churches today are dying, and they, they, they're they lacking resources. They're lacking people who are willing to give in order, to give of themselves, to give of their money, to give of their time, in order to, to really represent God in a great way. So, uh, so anyway, to, to turn this thing... This is where I think you come in, and you've got to kind of ask yourself the question, how am I, or how are you, joining in to make sure that God's house is taken care of? Um, I'll be honest with you, I think the place where you should start is tithing. And you, you heard Sharon's story, and uh, again, it's not popular, but I don't care. Uh, you should, you, I, I don't need you to tithe for me. I don't need you to tithe so that the church can have more money. We are, we're doing just fine, right? And, but I want you to tithe for you. If you, if you talk with anybody who's been a consistent tither in their life, they will tell you it was worth it. They will tell you that, that they have been blessed beyond measure. They will tell you that God is there, that God cares, and that he can do more with, with 90 than you can do with 100, right? With 90% than you can do with 100% of what you have. You know? God, God wants, to, wants to bless you. God wants you, to, wants you to experience all of his promises, but your obedience matters. You know? Just like your own house, this house has to run. And I want to, I want to say this. Um, actually, I was going to say it later, but I'll say it now. Um, when we built this, this new facility, we've been in it for, for just over a year now. And uh, when we built it, we actually had two loans on the facility. We had the main construction loan, and then we had a side loan to get the parking lot and, uh, and landscaping, some of the other things done. And that side loan was $200,000 dollars. And, uh, and so before we even start paying on the main loan, we had to pay that one off. I'll just like to tell you that this week we paid it off, okay? In, in, less, yeah, in, in less than a year of actually paying on it, we have paid off the $200,000. And guys, that's because you have been faithful. Now, I'm not telling you that uh, to like, pat you on the back, but, but it, it's a great thing. But the, this, the concern about saying something like that to you is that there are people in here who aren't tithing. And you're going, well, I don't, I don't need to. Look, the church is doing great. They had they paid off the bill, you know, the those bills, and they're just they're on the track to do you know what God wants them to do. Guys, again, I'm not talking to you about this because it, because I need money here at the church. I'm talking to you about this because you are missing out on some of God's promises by choosing to not be obedient. You know? So I'm I'm serious about the giving challenge. I'm not gonna prove it to you, God's gonna prove it to you. This place is, is, is amazing. I, this, is, this place is home for me. And I know it's home for so many of you. And Just like your house, a lot of people go to church because it's a safe place. It's a place where they can come and they can feel like they can kind of shut out the, the noise of the world, and be safe for a little while. It's a place where people come to gain strength, to get through the rest of the, their week, place where people come to grow. It's a place where people can feel comfortable. One of my my favorite things, we get it all the time in comic cards, is people come for the first time and they go, man, it felt like I had been coming here for years. The people just like, it was like, guys, that's you. That's you representing God well. That's what we want our home to be. I told you before, I've been traveling for the last two weeks. Two weeks is a long time to be away. And I'm um, just tired of sleeping on in you know, hotel b- beds and all that stuff. I just was so excited to get home last Sunday night. And uh, and so when I came home, you know, all, all the upstairs lights were off. All our kids' uh, rooms are upstairs. and The lights were off, and I thought my wife probably put the kids to bed. I was hoping they would be awake, you know. Uh, but when you got five kids, you're excited for bedtime. <laughs> like, I love you, but I'd love you to sleep. <laughs> and so... Um, so anyway, I wanted to get home. Why? Because I was tired of traveling and I knew home is a safe place. It's a place where I can come and I can relax and I, 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 don't, have to, I don't have to work anymore. I can, I can gain strength. I can rest. I can put on sweatpants and be comfort, comfortable and sit on the couch, right? And, uh, and it's welcoming, you know. It's welcoming. I came in and, and the lights were kind of low in the house and my wife came around the corner. I was like, Allison, you know, and she came over to me and, uh, and we hugged and uh, you know, other things. And, uh, and then we, I was like, oh, the kids are in bed already. And she's like, no, they're not. They're hiding. It's time for you to play hide and seek right now. <laughs> and so I had to search around the house and find the kids. And it was so cool because each time I found one of the kids, they jump up into my arms and I and get to hug each one and spend time with them. And then I went and put sweatpants on and relax for the rest of the evening. But, you know, you're home a healthy home should be a safe place. It should be a place where all of those things happen. Guys, I don't think church should be any different. I think no matter how big or small the church is, when you come in, it should feel safe. It should feel welcoming. It should feel comfortable. It should feel strengthening. It should be a place where you feel like you're with family. You know? So if this is your home, I want to encourage you to help supply for the house. I want to encourage you to help make sure this place is, is a place where people can come and feel all those things that I talked about. This isn't the only place in the Bible that, that God says is to supply for the house in Exodus. He talks about it in Malachi where he says, bring your full tithe into the storehouse so there may be food in my house. Guys, food, we're talking about spiritual food where you can get fed and you can grow, right? Um, in Acts, if you want a New Testament example, in Acts, all of the believers gave everything to each other. They shared everything that they had so that nobody would go without. You know, if God has blessed you with much in this life, have you ever wondered if maybe God is calling to you to use that much to advance His kingdom? You have something other people don't have. And it makes me think of the singers and the, the musicians on stage. They have something uh, a lot of you don't have good voices. <laughs> and, uh, no, but they, they. Well, let's just be honest here. Uh, you, you know, some of you would not want to get up here on stage because you don't sing. But they have been given something that you haven't been given. And so they have tapped into the, the connection to realize that they can use what they've been given to help advance God's kingdom. What has God given you that you can use to advance his kingdom, that you can use to, to help more people to know how great a father he really is? So I'm sure this is the point where you're, gonna, uh, you're assuming I'm going like, you know, to ask you to give a whole bunch of money for the church. and uh, Well, I am, but, uh, but not what the way you think, okay? I don't want you to give money for our church. I want you to give money for a different church. Okay, so here's what, here's what I want to talk to you about. I have felt like since we finished our building, I felt a great burden on my heart that God has said, you have built my house here, I want you to build my house somewhere where people need it. Okay, somewhere where other people w- w- need to have a, a place to call home. And so in just uh, a couple weeks, the last Sunday of this month, we have Brother Abraham, one of our missionaries from India, who's going to come here, and he's going to be, uh, be sharing about the mission work that they do and, and talking to you about that. Now, I don't know if you've seen Brother Abraham before, but the guy is unbelievable. He, he has been in India uh, doing ministry for 40 years. They have planted over 40,000 churches in India and, they, and most of those churches do not have a church facility. And I remembered when God put that on my heart um, to, to build a house somewhere else, I remembered that he had talked about another pastor that I knew who built, who through their organization started, had built some churches in some of these villages. And, uh, and so without him knowing, I called his assistant and asked her to, to kind of keep it quiet. Um, and I asked her how much it would be for our church to build a church in India to give the money to build a church in India. And I was thinking it was going to be like $70,000, $80,000. And she came back and she told me that all it costs is $15,000 for us to put a home for part of our family in India in their city. And part of that building is also an orphanage. There's a lot of orphans over there. And so then they, they staff that and they have orphans stay there and they teach them about how valuable they are and how much God loves them. And so, uh, so I want to ask you, if you would take a couple weeks and pray and ask the Lord, God, am I supposed to, supposed to you know, join in as part of the family to help put a house, put your house in India? And in a couple weeks, not this Sunday or next, but the, the Sunday after that, so, so counting today, three Sundays, uh, we're going to take up a one-time offering and we're going to try to raise $15,000. Abraham doesn't know. We want to surprise him when he shows up with, with the money to put a church in India. And here's the commitment I'll make to you is that uh, no matter what comes in, uh, we, the church, we will round it up. We will round it up to make it happen. So we're putting a church in India, and I'm asking you, will you come and help and be part of that? Will you be part of our family and help part of our family over there, have it? And when I say round up, I mean that if we go over $15,000, we will round it up to 30 and put two churches over there. If we go over $30,000, we will round it up to 45 and put three churches over there. The sky's the limit. So you ask the Lord, Am I supposed to be part of this? And if he says yes, be part of it. If he says no, that's okay. That's okay. Let the Lord lead you. Don't let me lead you, okay? So I'm excited about this, and I'm excited about surprising Brother Abraham <laughs> and seeing his face and, 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 and knowing, uh, knowing that we can help our brothers and sisters in India have a home, okay? That's what, that's what I want to challenge you with this time. So why don't we bow our heads? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for each and every person in this place. God, you know which ones of them, which, which one of these people feel like the ant under the magnifying glass or feel like the fish in the fish tank. And God, I pray today that you're speaking to their heart about how they matter, about how they really are a big deal, about how much you care, how much you love them and the future you have for them. God, I pray that for some of us today we were challenged in a way that we were never challenged before. And I I pray, God, that that we are open to your leading in these challenges and these things. And I just pray that, that as people are obedient, as they follow you, as they follow your voice, that they see and experience you changing and rearranging their lives. They experience you fulfilling your promises. And they experience your kingdom being advanced, being spread out throughout this area. God, we want to declare the goodness of God to everybody that we see. With everybody's eyes closed, if you're here, I know I didn't talk about it today, but if you're here and you want to make Jesus Lord of your life, I want, I want you to have that opportunity to do that right now. And again, you might, you, you, you might think, well, you know, I came here and that's what I wanted to do, but the pastor didn't talk about that today. That doesn't matter. God is drawing you to himself. And so if you're here and you know you want to make Jesus Lord, you know you want to live the life he has for you, you know you need new direction. I wanna give you the opportunity to connect with Jesus. So if that's you, and you wanna make Jesus Lord, and you wanna start living for him, just right now, with everybody's eyes closed, just lift your hand up. Is there anybody that knows they wanna make that decision today? All right. I don't see any hands in here, but just keep your eyes closed still. Because if somebody's watching on the live stream, together as a family, let's pray this prayer together. They, if you're watching on, on live stream, God will meet you right where you're at. It doesn't matter if you're in this room. It's you surrendering yourself, making God your source instead of everything else, and then choosing to walk in his direction, to follow his leading, to follow his word. So let's pray together, and let's just welcome people into the family of God. Pray this with me. Say, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for Jesus. And I thank you for forgiveness. I don't want to live my way anymore. I want to live your way. Today I choose to make Jesus Lord of my life. I choose to live for you from this day on. Lead me into the life you created for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right.